You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Venizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. Are your priorities in order? Are you seeking after righteousness, God's righteousness? And if you are, Jesus went on to declare, and all things shall be added unto you. Do you understand your position in Christ? Oh my goodness, you know, we have the ear of the King of Kings. We can at any time in times of need come boldly before the throne of grace. Do you understand that you have the attention of God at your fingertips? Jesus died for you to save you from your sins, but also to give you a direct connection to your maker. Have you ever stopped to ponder that? In today's message, Pastor Mike reminds us of the enormity of this gift. You have the ability to speak with and be heard by the most powerful being in all of the universe. Higher than any king or ruler, he hears you. And perhaps even more importantly, he cares about you. Now, here's Pastor Mike in the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 15, as he continues his message, Handling Life's Difficulties. I remember what you said, you return that I might live in my Then Abishai, the son of Zariah, said to the king, Who should this dead dog curse my lord, the king? Please let me go over and take off his uh, head. So anyway, this fellow here that we're introduced to, uh, Shimei, believes all of what is coming upon David is the result of treating Saul's family unjustly. But of course, just the opposite was true. But this fellow Shimei is not aware of this. In fact, he may have believed that David and his men, remember his fighting men, were with the Philistines at Aphek when Saul and his sons were killed. Remember back in 1 Samuel chapter uh, 31. He he really uh, didn't know what actually had taken uh, place. Remember, he was struck by an arrow by one of the Philistines in the heat of the battle, but David had nothing to do with it. But anyway, whatever his beliefs, David is the object of his scorn and the target of his stones. Now, Abiashai, one of David's mighty men, as I've just mentioned, standing by is ready to act. David, just give the word. I'll run right over to this guy, take my sword out of my sheath, and just lop off his head. But David responds, notice to his, requ- uh, his request, verses 10 through 12, but the king said, 
what have I to do with you, the son of Zariah? And by the way, Zariah here was one of David's sisters. I don't know if you knew that or not. Anyway, just a bit of information to share with you. So let him curse, because the Lord has said to him, Curse, David. Who then shall say, Why have you done so? And David said to Abiashai and all his servants, See how my son, who came from my own body, Absalom, seeks my life? How much more now may this Benjamin let him alone and let him curse? For so the Lord has ordered it. It may be that the Lord will look on my affliction and the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing uh, this day. Well, it is unlikely that the Lord spoke to this fellow, Shimei, and told him to curse David because his choice of words were not the kind that the Lord would have sanctioned. But what is really going on here, and once again, I want to draw your attention to this, this is just one of the keys to handling life's difficulties, and that is David just realizes that everything that he was experiencing was coming from the Lord. Either It was either a part of God's direct or permissive will. And I think that that's the way that we are to approach our struggles and difficulties as well. Listen, God doesn't allow anything to come into the lives of his children except for a purpose. And it's either a part of God's perfect will or permissible will. But God has a plan. And somehow he's going to turn it around and use it for good. Remember, the, probably the most precious of promises that's recorded for us in the book of Romans. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. God has a plan, and that plan is always good. It may be to, you know, to uh, perfect God's work within our lives, to, to bring us to that place of, of repentance, but God has a plan. God has a, a purpose. So we just need to resolve ourselves to that when we're dealing with life's uh, difficulties. We need to see it as a part of God. We need to see the, uh, God's plan, uh, uh, the bigger uh, picture, if you will. So he's thinking maybe this is a part of God's chastening. And so he meekly accepts it. He realized that there must be a purpose uh, in it. And boy, let me tell you something. This, this guy, Shimei, really gives it to David, because notice there in verse 13, and as David and his men went along the road, this fellow Shimei, according to our text, went along the hillside opposite him and cursed as he went and threw stones at him and kicked up dust. So this is quite a scene that's playing out here, isn't it? Now, after a weary journey of about 15 miles or so, David and his company arrive at the plain that stretches eastward to meet the river Jordan. And they are tired, and they are planning to sleep on the ground. They have no other choice. And I believe it was at this point where David is reassured in his heart by God. So David is actually experiencing at this point some kind of a breakthrough. After all of the wrestling with this particular situation, all of the easiness, there's this breakthrough that takes place. Now, you could probably relate to this, you know, in your own life's experience, right? 
you know, something unexpectedly comes up, you don't know how to deal with it, You're, you find yourself up against the proverbial rock in a hard place, and you don't know how God could take something so dark and turn it around and, and use it for, for good, and you're wrestling with it, you're so uneasy about it, you've opened your heart and allowed fear to come and grip you, you're all shut down, and you, you, know, you, you just don't really know what to do. But then all of a sudden you have that kind of like a, a wow moment when you're reassured you know, that God is in control, that God has your back. Any one of you have ever experienced that? And you just all of a sudden find that rest in God. All of a sudden it's all replaced by peace. You're just reassured by God that he is with you. Sometimes it's just, it's just in that still small voice. You know, or it's just a feeling that you have. You know, where you know that God's hand is upon you. And you just, you're so sure of that. And there's that breakthrough, right? And so they, you can just rest now and just, you know, trust. David senses inwardly that God is with him, that his grace and blessings will keep him in spite of everything that he's going on here. He knows with God's help he will be successful, that he's going to get through this particular situation. And thus, he goes from anxiety and fear, to confidence and assurance. You know, it would have served David, and I'm sure, you know, David is just like you and me, he's flesh and blood. You know, how many times, you know, in our particular situation, you know, we're wrestling with whatever's going on, and, you know, we only compound the situation by, you know, forgetting that God's hand is upon us and God doesn't allow anything into our lives except for a purpose and a plan and it's for good and, you know, to bring us to that desired end. And so we're fighting and we're looking for, you know, answers and solutions and we turn to this one and that one and we're, you know, we're trying to, you know, make our own way through it and stuff. And, and it only compounds the situation. And now we're really a basket case. You know, it would have served us well to just, you know, just give it to the Lord, just slip it on over to the Lord in the first place, right? And, uh, and experience that rest and experience that that peace with uh, God. And so he goes from anxiety and fear to confidence and uh, assurance. And before he goes to sleep, he pours out his soul in a psalm of confidence. It's the fourth psalm. And here on uh, going forward, I'm going to share with you a brief exposition on this psalm. And this psalm, I believe, was written out of this particular experience. And again, what we have here are the uh, steps that we can take that will enable us to triumph over any difficulties that we'll experience in our life's experience. So let's go ahead and begin by first of all reading verses 1 through 8 here in Psalm 4. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. And by the way, you know, you might want to jot, write this down somewhere in your Bible. Make a note of it or whatever. Put a note in your iPhone or, or something. Because the next time that you're vexed and you're dealing with, you know, some difficulty or problem, when you're confused, you're not thinking straight, you know, just I want you to think about this Bible study. And I want you to think about what Pastor Mike had said about writing this, or going back to this psalm and reading it and making it your own. You know, personalize everything that's recorded here in this psalm 
for you in your particular situation, and it would serve you well. Hear me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me, and hear my prayer. How long, O you sons of men, will you turn my glory to shame? How long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood? But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly, referring to himself here, and this also would apply to you and to me, the Lord will hear when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift up the light of your countenance upon us. You have put gladness in my heart more than in the season that their grain and wine increased. I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in uh, safety. Okay, so how are we to handle the difficulties of life? Well, the key is found here in this fourth psalm. In this prayer that David prays. And the first thing that I want to draw your attention to is found in verse 1 of Psalm 4. Notice, and again, this is what we need to do as well, David was mindful of God's omnipresence and loving kindness. And the Bible tells us in the 46th Psalm, in verse 1, that he is an ever-present help in time of trouble. Listen, God hasn't blown you off, hasn't written you off. God knows everything that's going on in your life. God is omnipresent, and he is with you. And his loving kindness is always extended to all of us. God is all over your situation. Do you believe that? Do you honestly believe that? So don't make yourself crazy. You know, you'll come to that understanding down the road, You'll see how things unfold. You'll see that God went before you, did for you what you could not do for yourself or what others could do for you. So don't make yourself crazy. Just remind yourself that God is omnipresent, that he's got your back, that he's all over your particular situation. I mean, listen, David had suffered one of the cruelest blows known to mankind, the betrayal of his own son, his son, whom he had only shown love and the grace of God, had turned against him. Absalom is thankless. He is heartless. He is cruel. His eyes are on the crown. And Absalom is willing to kill his dad to secure it. We can't even imagine anything like this. Now, our particular situation may not be as dramatic as this, but nevertheless... We're suffering. We feel the pain of our situation. It's a deep pain. So how do we cope with this? Well, that brings us to our second point. David was secure in his relationship with God, and thus David turned to him. And in turning to God, God enlarged David's capacity to handle adversity. Go back to verse 1. This is the second point. Notice what it says there. 
you have relieved me in my distress. Or you gave room to me in my distress. In other words, God gives us the capacity to be able to deal with any situation that we have to face. This is something that takes place supernaturally within us. This is the capacity that God actually gives us. You know, we think, oh my gosh, I can't do this. And that's why we turn to other people or other things, you know, to get us out of our situation. But just turn to the Lord, and the Lord will give you that capacity. He'll enlarge your capacity to be able to deal with anything that you'll ever face in your life's experience. Also, David's confidence is in the fact that, notice there in verse 3, he knew, and this is the third point, that he had been set apart, that God had set apart the godly for himself. You see, as a believer in Christ, as Christ being our Lord and Savior, we're born again. We've invited Christ to become our Lord and Savior. Thus, God has a special relationship with us. That is, those who seek after righteousness. And he hears when they call upon him for help. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 6, in verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness... Are your priorities in order? Are you seeking after righteousness? God's righteousness? And if you are, Jesus went on to declare, and all things shall be added unto you. Do you understand your position in Christ? Oh my goodness. You know, we have the ear of the King of Kings. We can at any time, in times of need, come boldly before the throne of grace. You see, we now have, because of the fact that we're in Christ, have a special relationship with God. And in that relationship, God hears us when we call upon Him. But then also, another step that we need to take as we deal with life's difficulties, and it's referred to there in verse 5. Let's go back to that fourth psalm. Notice we are encouraged by David, and this is what David did. This was his next step. He says, offer the sacrifices of righteousness. In other words, in spite of the trials that we're going through, hey, just take some time out, forget about those trials for a moment, and thank God for his many blessings that we've already received, for his kindness to us. And I want you to think about that. You know, in spite of all of the problems that we're facing, and we're not exempt from problems and trials and difficulties just because we're a child of God, But I want you to think about all of the blessings that we have. You know, just make a list of those blessings. And, uh, you know, and in comparison to that one trial that you're dealing with, you know, it'll give you the right perspective, right? And just worship the Lord. You know, can you worship the Lord? Oh, it's real easy to worship the Lord when everything is just falling into place. When you're just skipping down the, you know, the road of pleasure and and, uh, everything is just wonderful and praise the Lord, hallelujah. But when you're going through trials, can we, in those trials, continue to worship the Lord and praise the Lord? Listen, you know, what God did for you in the past, He's going to do for you in the present. And so we are to continue to just worship the Lord, offer those sacrifices of worship. And how did God show kindness to His servant David? Well, let's go back to what we've already said. You got this fellow Hushai. 
David's man on the inside, the spy, right? Then you have Ziba, the saddled donkeys, filled with the provisions. You see, those were the, those were the, the way that God showed his kindness towards uh, David. And then in verse 7 of Psalm 4, you have put gladness in my heart. And, and I guess he now comes to that realization, you know, after worship, taking some time out to worship the Lord, count as many blessings in contrast to the trial that he was facing. He says in verse 7, you have put gladness in my heart more than in the season that their grain and wine increased. You see that there in in, uh, verse 7? So as David reflected upon what had happened, he could say with sincerity, the Lord had put more gladness in his heart than was evident among the farming communities following a bumper crop. And in a time of harvest, remember, there would have been a time of feasting and dancing and merriment. David knew more joy in adversity than they did in prosperity. And with that confidence, notice here, according to verse 8, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. So, with that confidence, David wrapped himself in his mantle and slept, according to verse 8. Do you know that peace? Do you have that assurance? Remember, all of the things that we've been talking about comes to us because of our position. And the only way to position ourselves before God is through His Son, Jesus Christ, and inviting Him to become the Lord and Savior of our lives. Have you made that choice? If you haven't, listen, there are no guarantees. The things that are going on in your life, there's no rhyme or reason to them. In fact, those things can actually wipe you out. But if you know that you know that you're in Christ, that you've made that choice, that you've placed your faith in Christ and invited Him to come and be your Lord and Savior, and if you're seeking after the righteousness of Christ, you have that assurance that all things are working together for good. And therefore, you'll be able to overcome any adversity, any difficulty that you'll ever experience in life. But that's the question that needs to be answered. I would urge you, I would even plead with you, make that choice and decision for Christ. Won't you? And it just begins by simply inviting Christ to become your Lord and Savior. It begins by asking Him to forgive you of your sin and inviting Him to come and be that Lord and Savior of your life and then giving you the Holy Spirit that will enable you to seek after God's righteousness. In my Father's house There's a place for me In my Father's house Where I long to be That's all we have time for on this edition of In My Father's House. Thanks for tuning in. Did you know that you can listen to Pastor Mike's teachings on your favorite podcast app? Just search for In My Father's House with Mike Finizio and be sure to subscribe. And let us know you're a listener in the comments. We'd love for you to join us for worship this Sunday at Harvest Christian Fellowship, too. You can find all the information you need at harvestnyc.org. 
We're located in Midtown Manhattan, and there's easy access from Port Authority on 42nd and Penn Station on 34th. If you're not in the area, or if you're unable to attend in person, we'd still like to have you be a part of our time studying God's Word. We're live streaming our services each week, and you can connect on our website. Again, that's harvestnyc.org. If you'd like to catch previous Sunday messages, click on the Resources tab. You can also watch services through our Vimeo link or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Links to all of these are available at our website. One more time, that's harvestnyc.org. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to remind you just how much your Heavenly Father loves you. We also want you to know how grateful we are to have you as a part of our listening audience. And we're praying for you. Thanks again for joining us today. And we look forward to our continuing study of 2 Samuel next time, right here on In My Father's House. There's a place for